Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast episode 137. I'm on with Dr. Daniel Raffi, who is a neurologist at the UCLA Brain Sport Program, and I'm very excited to talk to him about Brain Sport UCLA, UCLA Steve Tisch Brain Sport Program. And uh, I will get right to that, but first I will thank my sponsor, Head Check Health. Head Check Health bridges gaps in community and concussion care through a simple, powerful technology. Join organizations, organizations like Canadian Football League, Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HedTech to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HedTechHealth.com for more. I zoomed through that, so Harrison, I apologize, and that was very fast. But uh, also, uh, before, also before that, so uh, please, you know, subscribe, subscribe, rate, and view, support the podcast. You know, supported by going to because this will come out on November 22nd, which will be the day that the sale 40 percent 40 percent off sale for my, my all the, the concussion talk store. Go to concussiontalk.com, the store page, and it'll take you to T Public and you can get everything. So hoodies, obviously, which I have on, uh t-shirts, mugs, blah blah blah, blah all that stuff. And uh Search the store and it'd be great. You could support the podcast that way. And uh and yeah, so and they can guys do find this podcast for media podcast and on good pods. And I've really zoomed to all this, but I wanted to talk to Dan and uh about your the program. So thanks so much for being on the on the show. Thanks, buddy. Number 137. You've been doing yeah. this for, for quite some time. Right. I'm honored and humbled to be here. Absolutely. Thanks, Tom. Thank you so much. Yeah, so it's been seven about seven years now, just over seven years. And uh, so, so I know because you guys do a great podcast too, which I mean, if anyone doesn't know the U.S. UCLA Safe Dish Brain Sport Program, so Brain Sport Podcast, and uh, which which Dan is the host of. So, uh, well, first I get to ask you if you can just tell us what the UCLA Steve Dish Brain Sport Program is about and what sport uh, stands for. And it's an acronym, not necessarily just the, the, just to name it the word, but it's an acronym. So can you tell us what, the, what that's all about? Yeah, so, um, you know, the UCLA Brain Sport Program was founded, um, you know, for, for a couple of different things and, and a couple of different missions. Um, I think, you know, the first one is to be able to provide um, 
optimal concussion care to athletes and to really anyone that's that's had a concussion. Um, and the timeline doesn't really matter. We see acute concussions, but most of our patients are patients that have had a concussion that have been symptomatic for you know quite some time. We have patients that have been symptomatic for three months up to a year. You know, I've seen patients that that have had their symptoms persistent for several years. Um, and what we bring to the table is uh, you know, cutting edge research as well as a multidisciplinary team to be able to um, you know, appropriately treat these patients and, and all the ailments that they have. Um, but, you know, I think that's the primary mission, but then also, you know, where we are, and I, you know, I might be biased when I say this, but I think that we're, we're one of the, you know, nation's leaders in research specifically um, in the concussion field. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of research going on and that's one of the missions to really advance uh, our understanding of what's going on in a concussion, but then also, um, you know, how to treat it through um, our research. Um, but then also another mission of the program is to, um, you know, a community outreach, right? So being able to get out there in the community, being able to educate people on, you know, what a concussion is, what it isn't, uh, what are the, you know, results of having a concussion, what they aren't, um, and then, you know, what you should be doing. And um, also of brain health, right? It's not, you know, yeah. certainly our wheelhouse is concussion, but then also, uh, you know, we're big advocates and, um, you know, we like to educate the community uh, regarding overall brain health. What are things that you should be doing to optimize your brain health and optimize your brain functioning? Right. And, and with that, I mean, the sport stands for safety, prevention, outreach, research, and treatment. And, uh, which Dan just covered eloquently, I must say. Um, but you're to the outreach to the community. So that includes just whoever is listening to the podcast, whoever's listening or what reading the web for UCLA Brain Sport. But I mean, your, your, your drug community is LA and UCLA. UCLA is a big school, isn't it? Like 100,000 or so. It's like, it's a large, huge school, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a huge school. It is, um, I think, the number one most applied to public university in the entire country. Um, but I, I don't know the exact number of students that we have. You caught me on that question, buddy. Yeah, I know. Um, but you're right. It's it, like our our outreach our outreach mission. Um, you know, was not only checking out the website, but yeah. initially before COVID, it was you know going around to the community and and putting on presentations. We have you know, every year uh, we put on the concussion champions course, right. Which you can get, <clears throat> you can get like educational credits to come to our program and, um, you know, listen to our presentations all about concussion, uh, what goes on in concussion, how to appropriately treat it um, and the future direction of concussion research. Um, but uh, we also do baseline exams for different high schools in the area. We cover the sideline for Venice high school, um, and in those activities, we're also educating the community, right? Like we're not only just doing baseline yeah. exams, we're also doing some individual educating along that. But then, you know, where the podcast comes in is, you know, when COVID hit, you know, all those measures were really, really yeah. restricted, right? Yeah. So, you know, we came up with the idea of, you know, let's do a, let's do a podcast. A, um, you know, it won't be necessarily restricted too much by COVID and all the limitations that we had regarding that. But then also, you know, think about 
putting it online, being able to educate people um, in perpetuity, right? Yes. So, um, you know, whereas our presentations, if they're not recorded on your cell phone, for example, right, is kind of like, oh, well, what, what was, what did he say during that presentation, so on and so forth. So um, what the podcast allows is people to be able to watch it and go back and watch it again if they had any questions. Podcast Morning Evergreen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's available to anyone. Right. Yeah. Not only nationally, but internationally. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, that's great. And did you were in before we started recording, you were saying you were you're you are you are a neurologist and uh right in John Call actually. So hopefully we'll be able to have Dan for the whole show, but he may be maybe rushed away. So uh but uh, in the meantime, you were saying that you were part of the program. Uh, UCLA, you can't do UCLA, the brainstorm program. And also, I read that high schools are also, you pick three or four high school students a year who come in in, in the summer, I guess, obviously. Who come yeah, that's a, yeah, excellent point. Um, we, we also take on um, undergraduate and, and high school and high schoolers that want to come have experience and volunteer. So, volunteers are certainly. A big support of our program. You can get yeah. involved with a lot of the different activities that we're doing, which you know are many. Uh, you can get involved in our research, um, and you know you can learn a lot. I think it's an excellent, awesome experience. And then you also get mentored by um, you know some some really intelligent people like Chris Giza, Kevin Bic- Kevin Bickhart, uh, Mirio Che. Um, you know a lot of you know national leaders in their field. Um, so I think it's an excellent, excellent opportunity. Definitely. I mean, it sounds amazing. And uh, you certainly have a lot of great resources like we're just talking before about Chris Giza, who I don't know, but I know through on who he is on Twitter and, and through other contacts I have in the DPD world. But um, yeah, but you, so you and obviously as a daughter, you knew about concussion. I heard you doing a a fair name of the Oregon soccer soccer player you're doing a while. Um, she had concussions and it's great podcast. So definitely check we'll check any of the podcasts out of Brain Sport. But of course, let's just listen to this one first and then go find these Brain Sport podcasts or pause, just download this box, then go to that one. But anyway, either way, um, download this one first. Yes. Right. Watch this one all the way through and then yeah. maybe go on if, if you guys have time. But that's uh, and but just in case, download those ones. Just in case, you know, you know, not time download them first. And, and then when you come on mine, yeah, they'll watch mine. We'll make sure they watch the Brain Sport podcast first, and then and then come it, over to this one. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's see We gotta find out. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, but what was, what you started? You were, were you the first host, or I mean, I saw the I kind of know because I watched them, but I mean. You were the first host of the Brainsport podcast, and what have you? And the only host. So, uh, what have you? What have what? I mean, obviously, as I try and say before, I but I got distracted. Um, you learned a lot about in your in your education, but uh, but uh, and through your through mentors in the program. But uh, also, what have you learned from, via the podcast about concussion? About say the lasting symptoms, the PCS. Persistence concussion syndrome or post concussion syndrome, whatever you'd like to call it. But uh, what have you learned about concussion through the podcast? 
So I've learned a lot about concussion through the podcast. That's an excellent, I think, you know, the podcast has made me cause you know, as a host, I have guests that are, you know, pretty much every guest is some sort of expert or world yeah. leader in something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I might be biased, but they all just tend to be UCLA faculty. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly that puts a lot of pressure on me to be prepared and have sort of a certain foundational understanding going into the episode and doing that, holding myself to that sort of like higher expectation um, has really, you know, improved my uh, understanding of concussion, understanding of all those topics that we talk about. And I think overall, a, a better clinical neurologist, you know, um, but I think, you know, also we got to give shout out to the fellowship, right? So I went through the sports neurology right, exactly. and brain injury and concussion yeah. fellowship at UCLA. So although I did, I, I'm still learning a lot and I have learned a lot through the podcast, I think where my most understanding of concussion comes oh, from is from that awesome, awesome two-year fellowship uh, that I did at uh, the UCLA brain sport program. And, you know, there, I, I mean, I've learned a lot, right? Like, what do you, I mean, like, what do you want to talk about? I think yeah. that, you know, a significant, what I've been finding, and again, I might have a skewed view because most of, most of the patients that I see are, you know, persist, what, what we call persistent post-concussion symptoms, right? Yeah. Um, and I think the reason that we call it PPCS versus PCS, I mean, it means the same thing, you know, yeah. if you call it PCS, it's not a wrong thing, but I think what persistent post-concussion symptom implies is that, you know, um, there's some exacerbated factors that are persistent rather than an underlying injury that's continuous, which yeah. some people okay. might, um, might think that with the term post-concussion syndrome, right? Although, right. you know, there's, there's a lot of content, contention to it and stuff like that, but that's just the term that we prefer. And, you know, what I've learned is that there's a lot of people out there with persistent post-concussion symptoms after their concussion. Right. Um, and what what I've learned is that um, not every PPCS patient is the same. It seems like what's happening is um, a lot of them are coming in with clusters of symptoms. Right. So one group will come in with, you know, primarily headaches, migraines that are persistent. The other one will come in with significant cognitive symptoms that are persistent. The other one psychological. Right. Different yeah. stuff like that. So, you know. So because of that, then we need to start grouping these patients into what we call phenotypes, right? Which means, yeah. okay, well, you know, can we group these patients into the kind of symptom cluster that, that they're coming in with and then target appropriate therapy that would be best for them considering the symptom cluster that they're coming in with? That we know, and, that we can see, yeah. Exactly. And, the, and that's sort of a, a transition into the research that we're doing. Uh, with the Care for Kids research. It's this $10 million multi-center grant that UCLA is a part of um, that is doing that, right? So we're taking pediatric concussion patients and we're grouping them into, we're trying to, you know, group them into these different symptom clusters and also doing physiological metrics after their concussion, like heart rate variability, their end tidal CO2 level, um, their, co you know, their cognitive function, different stuff like that to be able to delineate, okay, um, can we say we have a migraine symptom, symptom cluster, we have a cognitive symptom cluster, we have a, you know, a um, psychological symptom cluster. And if we're able to cluster those, then 
um, we're able to figure out what would what's the optimal treatment for these clusters of patients, and then we can institute that. So that's yeah. where I see that's where I see the future research and yep. future clinical care of concussion and persistent symptoms headed in. Is that is that your? Because I know actually, I guess I may. Uh... One of my friends, I actually a friend, a good friend, but I've never actually met, but she's a DPT in Utah, Lauren Lauren Zacks, and uh, her, her colleague, well, not really colleagues, not work together, but they're just we're right paper that I presented, just they just presented the being this month in Chicago at the ACRM about dysautonomia, and because uh, she suffers from that, because she's had a bunch of questions about suffers. I don't like that word suffers and. I don't think she did either, but uh, she experiences that. And uh, so they've done a lot of work about dysautonomia and that when you calculate your heart, the heart variability and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and those issues, I know they end up blood pressure and stuff. And uh, those are all the areas that you find interesting in your, are you doing research yourself in, the, in the, like those areas? Or are you, are you just, you report on stuff or do you amalgamate all the, so I think that that is an extremely interesting field, the dysautonomia field. And yeah. I think it's something that a lot of patients that are persistent, particularly, are suffering from. We have a lot of patients that come in with, uh, and we diagnose them with uh, POTS, right? They, yes, the post postural, oh, we, we, have, we have POTS, but it's not going to be this postural something. I know yeah, but so it's postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Right, tachycardia. The, underli the underlying issue involved with that is a dysautonomia, right? Yeah. Where your sympathetic nervous system is a little bit more hyperactive than it should be, right? So there's this imbalance between your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system right. that, you know, when you stand up, so POTS is usually diagnosed when you change down. positions, right? So, yeah. like when you go from sitting to standing, laying mm -hmm. to sitting, um, that your heart rate just jacks up, right? Yeah. It'll jack up like greater than um, 20, 20 beats per minute, right? And the reason for that, the, the theory for that reason is because your sympathetic nervous system just is hyperactive. So it just, it just, just dumps all, all, you know, all this that you're like in flight already. Exactly. Flight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this autonomia in, in concussion, especially in persistent symptoms, certainly seems to be an issue, right? Because, I mean, you can, you can then like extrapolate that out to not only, you know, it affecting your heart, but then what does a hyperactive sympathetic nervous system cause, you know, in your day-to-day -day life, right? It could, yeah. You know, can it contribute to hypervigilance? Can it contribute to anxiety? What kind of symptoms that you're having in your PPCS are they contributing to, right? It can be a lot of different things, you know? So I think that um, I'm, I'm super excited and, and very glad that there's research going into it because certainly uh, we got to figure out some, some, some treatments for a hyperactive sympathetic nervous system. And that's where HRV comes in too, right? Being able to me measure HRV. HRV is a good measure for- um, Heart rate variability. Heart rate variability, but yeah. that measures the, the dynamic nature of your- autonomic nervous system, right? Yeah. So if you have if you have too hyperactive of a sympathetic nervous system and it's persistently hyperactive, then your HRV isn't going to be, you know, as optimal as it should be, right? So 
potentially HRV would be a really, really good measure to ensure uh, a balanced autonomic nervous system. I always like dysautonomia and HRV are like just almost almost one and the same, aren't they? So yeah. HRV, I think. So HRV is a measure, right? Is it like a, it's a yeah. physiological measure of your heart's yeah. ability to dynamically go up or increase in rate and then decrease in rate? I remember because right? uh, Lauren and Jenna, who had a virus in Tongo in September, who the ones who presented in Chicago in earlier this month in November. Um, they're saying that like they're they do do buffalo treadmill tests for uh, her and uh, you know measure obviously heart rate and it was like life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs no deductibles no enrollment periods and especially no more what-ifs Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. They'd be walking or barely moving, and be like a leak. 190 or something and then like and then like they do they, they compare it to what it was and then when you're was it when you're going nuts it's like it just it just it just, no, it's just when you're with the whole thing was with our it's just like if you're barely moving your heart it's like way high and if you're like going crazy you, you can't go crazy because that's the crazy you can go but i mean right i was like still like 110 or 150. Right. So that's, I mean, it, that makes sense, right? Because yeah. your brain is telling, you know, you're, if you're, if you start doing any sort of exercise, right. Yeah. Your brain senses that as, all right, we got to increase the heart rate because it's anticipating, you know, increased cardiovascular demand. Right. So yeah. because of that, if you have a hyperactive or any sort of dysautonomia where your sympathetic nervous system is hyperactive, right? That totally makes sense, right? Yeah. It's activating the sympathetic nervous system as it should, but because it's hyperactive, it's, you know, overshooting how much it should be 
activating it. Yeah. So then, you know, again, you think about other places in your life where that could be affected, like your sleep, right? Yeah, that's true. Sympathetic nervous system is supposed to be something that is active, you know, evolutionarily when you were running away from a lion, right? When you're laying in bed, trying to sleep, right? Right, exactly, right? But in a dysautonomic context, right, certainly you know, that can lead to issues with your sleep and that can contribute yeah. to issues with your sleep. So, yeah, no, I think, I mean, I never didn't have a concussion per se. I had a severe brain injury, but, uh, but I do, I know like my, I had a lot of trouble with sleeping either too much or not enough. And that's like you said, like that is just like symptoms of dishonoring it. So either my, my system was like, it's going, going crazy. Like it shouldn't, should have been shut down or it's not going crazy enough or it's, or it's like what am I trying to or it's, or it's like shut down even like even when like it's should be more hyper more vigilant than it is even though I was never in that line, yeah. in line but I mean in in more severe TBI yeah right in more severe TBI so the I, sympathetic dysautonomia is more severe is what yeah. we've noticed right? I forget the term exact I think it's paroxysmal sympathetic disorder or something like that you guys can look it up. your audience members can look it up but yeah it's 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 a known thing it happens it's yeah i mean it's not that common but it happens you know and it's very typical for it to happen and like the the symptoms are are so frank man like yeah. people will get flush they'll start they'll, they'll be tremulous right and again that's secondary to that really severe dysautonomia right that we see in more moderate and severe traumatic brain injury right. but you know, like a lot of things that we're finding in the pathophysiology of traumatic brain injury, you know, can we scale that back to a more mild uh, sort of pathophysiological sense in a more milder traumatic brain injury, like concussion? Yeah. yeah. Right? That's what this sort of sympathetic nervous system dump seems to be, right? Where it's like severe, it's like in severe TBI, it's like severe sympathetic hyperactivity, right? But in more milder, right? Seems yeah. like there's still an element of dysautonomia, maybe not as severe as severe traumatic brain injury that uh, the, what we see in severe traumatic brain injury, yeah. but um, certainly there's still an element to that that can a exacerbate symptoms and uh, impair functionality. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, this, I could just, obviously because I've had a severe traumatic brain injury, so I go on the, this talk with this top rapper, but. Uh, and even dysonomia, that dysonomia is a bit of a side rail there. But uh, I'll ask you about more about the uh, return to return to play, return to learn, return to sport like that. Have you what have, what have you what is your research in your in let's say your clinic, but in the UCLA brain sport, what do you guys find is the main issue in say your your you know your your patients? Do you find that's you want you want to get them down to Good, like good, good call. Good, like good, good way to return to return to sport. Like, when should they return to learn return to sport? When would you want to see them happy to do that? Yeah. So I think first off, you know, for our for our students, we say we're not starting you in the return to play until you can return to learn. Yeah. Right. Like that's first and foremost. You got to be able to be back in school and be back to school. At, you know pretty much full functionality in school yeah. before we consider starting you into any sort of return to play protocol. Yeah. So 
to start talking about the return to learn protocol, I think, you know, what we say after a concussion, a lot of research has shown that it's important to start sub, sub, sub threshold aerobic activity, you know, within 48 to 72 hours after you've had a concussion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Evidence has shown that that can actually decrease the duration of your concussion, right? Yeah. And the study that did it did it 80%, basically 80 per, the sub sub symptom threshold activity was 80% of the heart rate where you would have symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. for your audience, that's a really good place to start. 80% heart rate of the heart rate that you have, you know, that you have symptom exacerbation at. That's really important. Start that by day two to day three, right? Obviously, making sure that you're doing so in a safe manner. Also, screen time, right? So there's some there's some evidence that's come out that, you know, screen time can actually prolong your concussion, right? Now, it's not it's not black and white, right? Where it's not one or the other, where it's like no screens or lots of screens, right? It should yeah. be a moderation of screens, you know. So sitting in front of a TV, sitting in front of, you know, I don't know, Xbox or whatever all day isn't something you should be doing. Again, sitting in a dark room and avoiding all screens all the time isn't something you should be doing either. There's certainly a moderation and making sure that that moderation is instituted for at least 72 hours. Those two things, that's a good place to start for your concussion recovery. Right. And then. Um, you know, for return to learn, you know, when you start thinking about ways to, to appropriately return to learn, it, it's pretty much the same as return to play and return to activity where you want to do so in a stepwise manner, right? So usually what I recommend people to do is start working your cognition a little bit at about set, seven, uh, day three or day four with, you know, some puzzles, right? Nothing too strenuous. Just start working your cognition, your cognitive capabilities with some puzzles around the house. and then when you get back to school, right, that's going to really involve um, a lot of like a teamwork approach between the doctor, your parents, um, and the school personnel and the caregivers, right? Yeah. Where, um, you know, there should be accommodations in school, right? Because you don't want to strain too much, both from a cognition and a physical activity standpoint, you don't want to strain too much, because certainly that can also prolong concussion, right? And when you're back in school, um, for caregivers and teachers out there, I would recommend they check out the CDC. They have some really, really good strategies for teachers and, and school staff to be able to institute for their concussion patients, right? If you know the kids had a concussion, these are some things that you can do to help them along the way, right? And right. one of the things that they describe is sort of um, starting off with like really light cognitive activity, right? That doesn't necessarily um, that doesn't necessarily include academic content, but rather just like uh, flexible thinking, organization, different things like that, right. just to start them off on the return to learn process, yeah. and then be able to identify, you know, what pieces of their academic content are they having trouble with due to their symptoms, and maybe shying away from those and leaning more on. Uh, some of the other content where they might not be having that big of an issue. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to require a team approach along that pathway. But, and then the last thing is if you're finding that, you know, the kid is having a really, really hard time, don't hesitate to put him on 
you know, 504 plan or, or an official IEP plan to help them along the way. What's a, what's a 504 plan? So a 504 plan is just like a, a you know, a, a system, sort of a system that's instituted in the school to be able to make sure that that student is being provided with uh, appropriate accommodations okay. due to their concussion and due to their symptoms. Okay, we're trying to, I know like even I'm with, I'm not, well, I'm not in the U.S., first of all, but uh, I'm in Canada, but we're trying to get up, trying to get up protocol going here, or get more discussion when school is here, which is severely lacking infantry line level branch association, which I'm on the board of. We're trying to get that, get that going through and these things, like, get, so when kids, when kids have had a concussion, if they feel, they feel supported in school and they get some sort of adapt, adaptive measures that can happen for them. But um, also, uh, we're talking about return to play and return to sport, like what, what you can do that, but uh, screen time a lot. But I mean, also, I would say socially, but how would, how do you feel about this? So what do you, what do you know of, or have you guys done any research, or do you, do you suggest that people do with the, the social interaction after a congestion should that should they obviously shouldn't stop and shouldn't sit in a dark room shouldn't avoid all activity but what should they do for in terms of social interaction like talking to friends on the phone or i guess not i'm not even talking about them anymore but on zoom or whatever yeah so so look i think that um what Overall, whether it's like return to sport, return to learn, you really want to be able to get these kids back to a sense of normalcy, yeah. right? That is super, super important. The effect psychologically of having a concussion is pretty substantial, especially if you haven't had a concussion before, yeah. right? So you want to be able to bring a sense of normalcy to um, any kid that's had a concussion, Right. And I think social interaction with friends is uh, a key to feeling that normalcy, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's super important. Um, and also sort of like back to the back to school thing, you know, I mentioned sort of the cognitive support, but also there's got to be support there psychologically and emotionally. Yeah. Right? Where if a kid's getting frustrated, um, you know, acknowledge that frustration which is understandable, yeah. right? Um, and uh, and encourage and motivate, you know, the uh, the the student to to you know potentially move past it. One thing I love about on your your podcast, but well, it's a lot of things. But like one thing is that you always, I remember I know I remember watching it's one with the uh, the the woman from the Oregon soccer team talking about how. Uh, and there's more than that, but also just not to just, I mean, concussions do happen in sport and soccer and football and hockey or baseball, soccer, we'll soccer a lot and football a lot and hockey a lot. <laughs> um, but concussions happen a lot. Yeah, exactly. But it just, they do happen a lot, but you know, the sport is just, there's just something about activity, whether it's sport or it's competitive sport or just, Doing a good activity with their with their friends. I mean, concussions will happen, but I mean, don't avoid those activities altogether. There's so much benefit to get from those activities. Just make sure as the first S of sport is 
says, please be safe and, and prevention, of course. So yeah, uh, uh, and let me let me hammer that point home because that's an yeah. excellent and it's you know sport has a lot of benefits, right? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we're talking about the risks now and you mentioned them and, and, you know, we need to acknowledge those, but we also need to acknowledge the flip side, the benefits of it, yeah. right? These build not only lifelong lessons of, you know, discipline, motivation, resiliency, um, you know, but they also build social structure. Yeah, camaraderie. Right? And all, yeah. Camaraderie, right, yeah. exactly. Um, a lot of things, you know, that I personally experienced, you know, growing up playing sports, right? And a lot of people have too. Um, so, you know, I think it's very, very important to note that, for, uh, for the viewers and, and for anybody else out there. Yeah, no, I mean, man, I, I was injured actually cycling. I was injured during sport. I know cycling is not, not the social is, well, it gets more, it's more advanced, but not my level wasn't that social, but it was still, I did it with the, I don't mean ever cycled with like four or five friends or with like two or three others. I mean, it was, it was social in that aspect, even though you're alone on a bike and, Swimming is alone in the water and you're with your thoughts, but I play water polo and that's water polo is very social. Obviously, because you have you same same any other sport like basketball, same thing. And uh, just I just I can't and the, obviously the health benefits of just physical health benefits of being involved in sport are just enormous as well. And so I just right, but- sorry. And, and that's the thing, right? Like, even if it's not a, a team sport, certainly team sports have benefits, right? Like yeah. teamwork, working with other people to be able to uh, accomplish a goal. But then also even these solo sports, right? It teaches that there's no one else out there other than you. And you're the one that has to accomplish this goal that you've set out to do. No one's coming yeah. to help you. It's got to be you, right? So exactly. that in and of itself builds a sense of resiliency yeah. that you then carry over to other parts of your life, right? Which I, th- I think I think I did. I'll, I hope I did at least in my recovery. You seem to have. That's and, for uh, sure. Thank you. But uh, yeah, but it's uh, but again, the thing I did get built to confidence and and everything. So I mean, it's just so important just to be involved in whether or not maybe you don't like sports, but like be involved in some activity with the group. And if you're not involved in sports, just find some way to stay healthy and stay active and be involved. Hopefully, team sports. I think are just a great. Great could not cure all because that's a dangerous term, but I'm still there to kind of kind of is. <laughs> uh, but uh, like even you know even being being part of a band, right? Yeah, like be, being in an orchestra, right? You're yeah. working together to make something something beautiful. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think that has its advantages too. Yeah, the and I like acting, like you're in like a play, you're in like a, like writing, but writing is. But writing get editors and people who critique your writing and stuff like that. So I think just find something that's involved other people and you don't just sit there and, and get depressed about like just via concussion. And that's so uh I'm kind of rambling now because I don't really know how to end this. But uh Dan, do you have anything else? Anything you want to ask me or anything you want to say to, to uh, your listeners, my listeners, or anybody who's listening to this one or so. Um, you know, you, you asked me a little bit about, you know, some of the research that we're doing. So yeah, I already, I already gave a shout out to the, the care for kids grant, which yeah, honestly, I think it's going to revolutionize pediatric concussion and overall concussion care. Fingers crossed. Dr. Yeah. Giz is one of the leaders on that. So I have a lot of confidence on that. 
shout out to the entire brain sport leadership, Josh Goldman, who's the um, uh, uh, UCLA football <clears throat> physician, uh, Chris Giza, Mario Che, all of them. They're, they're really excellent, excellent physicians, researchers, and just people in general. Um, we're also doing, or not we, but uh, Kevin Bickhart, um, my colleague at Brainsport, he's also doing a, uh, he just got a $3 million Department of Defense grant to study right. transcranial magnetic stimulation in the context of persistent post-concussion symptoms. So, um, you know, that's, I mean, potentially revolutionary. I don't, I don't suppose you can leak his hypothesis on that one. Um, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you interview him for that, man. It's really, okay. I mean, he's, I mean, he's presented it before, right. Yeah. Um, but I you know, I know he's, yeah. he's incorporating functional MRI, transcranial magnetic stimulation, and then behavioral outcomes of people's persistent post-concussion symptom to see if, um, you know, he can improve the symptoms and correlate that with improved, uh, connectivity on an fMRI. Again, you can talk to him. Yeah. I'm probably not doing it justice. Um, I'm doing research in yes. uh, CBD, so cannabidiol, right. seeing if that can improve, um, you know, persistent post-concussion symptoms as well. There's like a whole longitudinal thing that we're um, that we're publishing for that, so um, that's super exciting. Um, and then the Brain Sport Podcast, we're going to continue doing it. Um, we're all super excited about it. So if anyone wants to check it out, please Probably. check it out. I was going to ask you, uh, once your, your next, your next episodes are due in and what are they on or what do you have in that next day, what you've recorded, but what's, what else, what have you recorded, but also what's coming up in for Rainbow Podcast? Yeah. So, um, some super exciting episodes coming out. Uh, we try to release one every month, um, with subsequent, you know, short clips from each episode over yeah. the next weeks. Uh, you can find that on the official UCLA Health YouTube channel. I think, it, like you said it before, if you just type in UCLA Brain Sport Podcast into yeah. YouTube, it'll come up. You'll see the whole playlist come up. You, one window, you click it, the whole playlist comes up. Um, but um, the next episode to be released will be uh, on stem cells, specifically in the context of brain injury with our guest is going to be Dr. Carmichael, who is the, the, uh, the chair of the Department of Neurology at UCLA. And lo and behold, a uh, world expert on um, stem cell research, specifically in the context of brain injury. We have another one coming out regarding creativity. Where does creativity come from? Uh, how can we enhance creativity? Can we leverage it for brain injury? Uh, we also have a stress and resiliency podcast coming out uh, with Dr. Slavic, who's the director of the UCLA Stress Lab. And then we also have one coming out regarding uh, the importance of the quote-unquote downstate and the importance of sleep. Um, that's with Dr. Sarah Mednick uh, out of the University of California, Irvine. So uh, we got a couple of them coming yeah, out. Yeah, a lot of them. They, they all sound like, especially the, the creativity one, and it sounds just, I mean, also those stem cells too, but I'm just interested in the, the creativity one. I think it just sounds so interesting to me about just biking, how it, how it helps or how not necessarily helps, but how but what it does with for brain gene and other things. So I think that's just that's just that's to me very interesting one. Uh, I think I think we encourage my listener yeah. and anyone who's listening and most who's just listening for the first time to check out UCLA Steve Tish Brain Sport Program and the and the Brain Sport Podcast. 
which is just go to Google and or or, or Yahoo or who's not. I don't think Yahoo exists anymore. No, I said said that. It's like that's no, you can't go to Yahoo, but can't just be just Google, is it? Guess so. I think it's like Bing. They got Bing. Bing, Bing right. Sorry, sorry, so, sorry. Yeah, Bill Bill Gates. Yes, I'm gonna Bill Gates again. Let me know. But uh, yeah. but yeah, but uh, it's a search a search engine. Let's just say, you search Brainsport podcast, and you'll find you'll find Doctor Dan Rathies or Doctor Raffi or Dan or I'm sure he goes by whatever him. whatever y'all want to call me. You whatever y'all want to call whatever you want to call him. Yeah. He's on the podcast, and uh, it's a great podcast. And uh, I look forward to hearing these more of these uh, these other. Episodes are coming up. Episodes are coming up, and and if you haven't heard anything that's coming up, or check out the the past ones, and uh, they're all they're all great. And uh, we were saying before they're like evergreen, so just even if the day if there's some the most ones are still more today with research, but the old ones are still viable if I able to listen to, and uh, not that old. They're only two years old, so it's not like it's changed tremendously, but um. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. And uh, I hope good luck with yours. And I hope the, the Razors and Yedney called in. called in. You get called away for on call today. So that's. Yeah, uh, I warned you I was on call and I might have to yeah. step away. You said it might be yeah. it might be an interesting twist to the podcast. But be, I'm, I'm be, glad I was able to make the time for you, man. Yeah, I no, think uh, what you're doing, I think what you're doing is amazing. Thank I think you God. as a person is amazing. What you do is amazing. And um, I hope you keep it up. I, really Thanks. I plan to. I mean, was, since I get some support, I mean, I plan to. And and uh, so far, it's been great. And uh, I think what you guys are doing, just I love the uh, the whole the whole the whole like sports sports stands for. And your thing is just in your name of your podcast is just so. I think that's just what I was going for with my podcast. And uh, obviously, I don't have the same facilities in my apartment to, to do research and stuff like that. I like the uh I like the uh the attitude and everything that's going to this and the keeping staying healthy with the brain health and all the just enjoy life, enjoy sports just just because you're gonna get your concussions pretty much anywhere anytime but you can not you're going to but you could so just enjoy Still, still be active. Still go and do things, and just but just know that that's a risk, and understand that when someone has a concussion or a traumatic injury, that it is it is not it's not just a bum day or something. You can just shake off and just lie down for a second to be fine. But that there are, there are symptoms and consequences. So uh, be I say magnanimous, but uh, be supportive. Understand. Supportive, supportive understand. is a nice term. I think support. Yeah. yeah, I think supportive is a nice term, and I, I'll agree with you 100, man. Um, you know, certainly it's a it's a risk of sport. Um, and if it does happen, um, you know, then then you need to take it seriously, and you need to be able to provide the appropriate supportive care and um, and, and intervention to make sure that someone has the best chance to be able to make that recovery as quickly. And as safely as possible. That's a great, great way in this podcast. So thank you so much. And I think that's a great point. And uh I'll have all the links 
to you, is there, a, is there always one thing? Is there a link to these like Brainsport pockets that you know of? Or I'll just uh, I'll put all of it in the uh, pockets description. But if there's a link that you, or a Twitter feed or uh, Instagram feed or a Facebook feed or whatever. Yeah, I can send, do you want me to send you the just the link where the playlist is? Sure, like, yeah, you, then I'll, yeah, I'll include that in the description. So check out the description for all the, uh, the great Brainsport podcast links. And uh, thanks so much, Stan. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Stay safe. Thanks. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.